Hello, welcome back to the Fruit for Thought podcast. On today's episode, we had a conversation with Aiden Parsons from Project Prevent, and we taste tested some dragon fruit. Let's get into it. Okay, hi Aiden, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey guys, it's nice to see you. So we are super excited to have Aiden here. He is the co-founder of Project Prevent. And Aiden, can you start us off and give us a brief introduction of what your club does? So basically what we do is um, we slow the spread of COVID-19 among the homeless by um, producing and distributing these sanitary kits. So each of them contains a cloth mask, a paper mask, so like surgical mask, a bottle of hand sanitizer, a pair of sanitary gloves, a pair of socks, two informational pamphlets that we make and print out. And then half of them also contain menstrual products. And we distribute those through shelters and mutual aid groups. Awesome. That is super cool. Um, Really like inspiring work and it's awesome that you guys are doing stuff like that. Um, So this is kind of like a informational question just for our listeners to like learn more about what you do. Like how has COVID-19 affected specifically the homeless like community and like people? Yeah, so um, it's hit homeless people especially hard. I mean, that one thing is that it's really hard to know the rates too because there just isn't as much testing going on. There are definitely a lot of cases that have not been caught, but um, the national, I forgot what it was, um, the National Alliance to End Homelessness said in a study that homeless people are twice as likely to be hospitalized, two to four times as likely to require critical care, and two to three times as likely to die as the general population. So, and I mean, this is because of a variety of factors, but um, the two biggest ones are the fact that homeless people have higher rates of comorbidities that can um, make, that can make COVID-19 more likely to turn into a critical case. So, you know, just other underlying health issues and the fact that homeless people um, have some pretty big equity gaps if they have to enter the healthcare system if the case develops and they need to seek treatment. So, um, I mean, it ranges from the fact that a lot of homeless people, like the vast majority are uninsured. Um, It ranges from that to the fact that homeless people do tend to get, I don't know, they don't get very good treatment by healthcare professionals often. Yeah, I mean, really sad to hear. Was there, what Obviously, COVID-19 has been a big news story. Was there something that made like a moment where you realized or someone that told you about the problem that homeless people are facing? Like what caused you? Because it's like a specific group to target. And I think that not everyone would think of that quickly when um, talking about COVID-19. Was there a moment or someone that made you realize, oh, this is a problem that we should be helping with? Yeah, it started when my friend John and I were on a FaceTime call back in um, early April. We were talking about how how much we were worried about the impacts of the pandemic. And a lot of the focus then and still now is being rightly given to, um, you know, healthcare workers and, you know, treating COVID-19 once it's already been 
you know, caught and has developed into, you know, severe or critical cases. Um, and we felt pretty helpless when it came to that, just because, you know, I mean, we're both teenagers. Everyone in our organization is a high schooler. So we were just talking about how we felt kind of helpless in that regard. As, as the call went on, we were sort of started talking more about um, ways that we could help. And we realized that we could, we could help fight COVID in a way that would be accessible to us. But we also realized that uh, if we wanted to make like a concerted impact, it would probably help us best to um, target like a specific group of people. And we realized that the homeless could benefit the most from this just because um, if, you know, if we use preventative measures, we can stop them from entering the healthcare system that they would be disadvantaged in in the first place by stopping them from contracting COVID-19. Um, I think that's cool. And I like that your group is very smart about what you're doing. And I think that prevention is such a like interesting because you're right, like cost effective and just effective preventing death from COVID-19 is so important. Have there been, this is a serious topic and I think it's really admirable um, the work that your group is doing. Have there been moments or stories that you've heard that have really been like, oh, our work is important, just like shown um, the impact and made it all worth it for you? The thing is we don't get a lot of like, we don't end up um, seeing the results in person often just because we we usually allow shelters and mutual aid groups and people who are already you know skilled at distributing things to handle distribution so like we aren't we aren't like on the ground giving kids out but we have you know we always hear stories from uh from the shelter workers and you know they'll send us pictures with the faces blurred out of course and just you know talk about i guess how how far the kids went you know how long like how long they were able to last them that's that's like i mean that's really cool and um how does it feel when yeah you're not like seeing your results like in person like how that is like affecting these people but how does it like feel to know that like you guys are making this like really big difference in this like time of like uncertainty and like confusion i mean it feels really good um I know that we all have different ways that, like different ways that we get fulfillment out of things. Like, you know, if I'm doing homework, I feel I sort of get fulfillment out of, out of just like the time afterwards where, where it's just, you know, not, not something I have to worry about anymore. Like I learned something. Well, I don't want to go off into tangents too much. Basically, um, it, it feels great. Yeah. I mean, like you said, obviously we aren't we aren't right there giving the kids out. But um, like I said earlier, you know, my friend and I felt pretty helpless going into the pandemic about you know whether or not we could really make a difference and you know chip away at this massive issue. But now I I I guess I can I can see like a headline about um, this crisis and like how the cases are really bad right now. And I, I can feel like, like I'm doing all that I can to help. I don't feel like I'm just sitting on the sidelines, you know, getting updates from the news. Cause I mean, to be honest, this, ha this pandemic has not affected me or 
my family or my friends nearly as much as it has affected other people across the country or even in, even in our city. So I feel good that I'm using the fact, you know, the fact that I have, I can afford to spend all this time working on this organization to um, give back, I guess. Yeah. I mean, like this year has been so, I guess it's a new year, but like just everything going on, it's so stressful and it can be so really easy to feel like, oh, like, I don't know, just on the sidelines, like what you said. So I think that what you're saying totally makes sense about like actually doing something. And I'm sure that puts a lot of things in perspective. Like I know for me, there have been so many people that have been so worse off, but it can be easy to still get in this headspace of like, oh, I can't see my friends, which is hard, obviously. But how I'm sure your work puts things in perspective. Like, have you noticed within the other club members just uh, working to help people? And like, I don't know, I'm just thinking, okay, my thinking is probably people that are in your club are, I don't know, they're probably more appreciative of what they have and maybe they're like feeling more fulfilled or whatever. Have you seen like a change in yourself or a change in your club members since you started this progress or project? I, I think I would say so just based on, I can't afford to spend a lot of time around them, unfortunately, just because of, you know, don't want to, don't want to be in sustained contact with people no matter what the purpose is. But I think I've noticed a change just in how we approach our work like it used to just be we, you know, we copy and paste this one thing to raise donations on next door. We collect money, we drive around, we pick up supplies. But I've noticed, like, you know, we were making a difference, but we were, it was just a little monotonous and just doing what we had to do. Um, but now I've, there's more of a drive to, like, find specific ways that we can further help about. So, you know. For example, um, one of our members, Madison Andrew, just went out of her way to coordinate this big kit making day with theater club, our, our school's theater club, my friend Ermius, just the way that he'll like, even even when we're all like really busy, because he he's the one who manages our website and he'll just, you know, without any prompting, just be always making these little changes. And, um, you know, if you just, check the website every now and then you'll notice little things that are different and it's really nice just um seeing how invested we've all become you know we're all in our senior year we're not you know it's school's kind of winding down for us and you know we all sort of just want to relax or well in most aspects of our life we just sort of want things to wind down so you can sort of tell that the place that all that drive is coming from is from having seen over time how much our kids have been able to make a difference. So off what you just said, um, so I kind of like, that was awesome. And um, I took like two like bigger like things away, like one, like talking about like the dedication that your, um, like all the members have to the mission and the club and stuff. And also um, you talked a little bit about like process and like the process of like, putting together the kits, like getting the stuff and distributing them, distributing them. So I'm kind of wondering like if you could put that all together, like in just like a clear statement for like our listeners, like what is the like process, like as of right now for putting together and distributing the kits? I'll take you back to, uh, I believe it was um, June, 2020. That was when 
it took us a while to get started and collect our first donations but um so we would get money donated and we would get supplies donated and we would all drive around picking up supplies and then once we had enough for our first goal which was um 220 kits we all took our supplies um we went over to john's house so then you know we uh we just had all of his supplies in his um in his upstairs room and we you know we just sat there for like three to four hours taking you know doing various steps of like making the kids i'd say maybe a week later we had been in contact with union gospel mission which is a massive homeless organization before we started production and we were able to arrange a kit pickup so they you know they drove up with this big truck and then we did that for about three rounds where we would just spend all of our time on raising money then spend all of our time making kits and then spend all of our time donating them and now we have we've gone from like four members to 14. now we kind of do all those at once so um each week we have ambassadors now so that's basically just everyone who's joined aside from us four founders what most of our ambassadors do is we have this public storage locker where we keep everything they all have a key and they'll come up and access the locker with their key they'll count out a hundred of each supply that i mentioned before and then they'll take it home and then they have to make a hundred kits within a week and then um, they'll drive it back. Or if they can't drive, you know, we can pick it up. And then we'll have other members who spend the whole week trying to figure out how we can donate 200 kits. You know, now we're starting to apply for grants. So we're like starting to, like I'm starting to sort of specialize a little bit in that or, you know, who's gonna send the pr our press release to all these different media groups stuff like that and then so it's all sort of going on at the same time i'm really proud of how things have developed just how you know everyone works really well independently but we all still communicate and keep each other you know informed with stuff we're gonna take a quick break from the conversation and head on over to the taste test so today we are trying dragon fruit, and despite going to two stores, I could not find actual dragon fruit. So I have frozen dragon fruit, um, and it's like pink. It's like kind of purple, actually. Um, and let's try it. <laughs> it doesn't have a super strong flavor. It's like good. Um, like a melon. It's kind of like a melon, but honestly, I don't even I don't like melons, so I don't really eat it. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Okay, like so, I kind of like I like it though. Fresh dragon fruit is delicious, but store bought is not. Like, it's supposed to taste like kiwi pear, but okay. Wait, when it come? When have you when have, when have you had dragon fruit that is good? Have you? When I went to Palau. Okay, well we're not in Palau right now. <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. Um, okay. So just okay, from they got the dragon fruit from Palau to QFC really quickly. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> just yeah, fast track. Been in my fridge for a few days too. So yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. So. Right. Want, next. Yeah, you want to go next? Yeah. <laughs> His face does not look <laughs> happy. That's interesting. That's sort of like a, it's like a kiwi watermelon. 
that's what supposed to taste like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, I can't say I can't say that it's like a non-special occasion fruit, but you know, it's it's good. It's good. Is this your first time um, having dragon fruit, or have you had it before? Yeah, first time oh. ever. It's probably um, the prettiest fruit, though. You know, like it. It's crazy that it looks like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like sort of like the it's like the second draft of like making a beat you know um okay so i'll go next um just from the smell of mine i'm not looking forward to this <laughs> i don't know why it does not smell very good um i ended up getting mine at safeway because all i went to qfc and all the dragon fruits were gone and i was so sad wow. but i went to safeway um okay read it hmm. Oh my god, just fell out of my mouth. Sorry. That was kind of gross. Okay. Yeah, it's actually good. Crunchy. I'll, 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 ow, it's like cold. It's like hurting your. Um, okay, my rate, let me. Okay, mine's actually pretty good. Presentation. I would give it, well, honestly, my presentation isn't that good because it's just like little chunks, but it's pink. Okay, presentation, eight out of 10. Taste, seven out of 10. Aiden, you go next. So we were originally gonna do bananas as the fruit for the episode, but my family ate all of the bananas. So I'm just gonna do it in comparison. So like if if one is no if, if five is like banana and then zero is um zero is like I don't know, beet. Oh hate beets. Hate beets. Yeah, I hate beets. <laughs> I love uh, beets. Okay. <laughs> Continue, sorry. Um, I would say presentation-wise, I think it is, I think it exceeds um, five. Just, uh, yeah, this is, it's much, it's much more interesting than, um, than a banana could ever be. I mean, yeah, with all the colors and the fact that it's white on the inside. Taste-wise, I would say, um, I, I don't really like kiwis or watermelons. I don't like either of those more than I like bananas. So I would give it, um, I would give it a three. Oh wait, I didn't give a specific number for presentation. I'll, I'll give it a seven. Um, seven nine. out of ten or seven out of five? <laughs> no, seven seven out of five. Seven wow. Out. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, pretty good. Oh, pretty good. I just thought of an idea. Well, imagine this. Take a, take a, actually you guys can do this. Take your dragon fruit. You take out the um, filling, fruit, yeah. I don't know. And then you could like make a smoothie with it and then pour it back in. And then, sorry, my hands are like, you can see oh how my God. mine are. Um, and then you can have like a bowl of that. a smoothie and eat it out of the dragon fruit. That's good. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna do mine. Okay, presentation, I'm gonna do out of 10. Um, and we're comparing it to a celery as one, even though celery's not fruit, but it's, it's the first thing. Oh no, tomato. That's a good one. Raw tomato. Cooked tomatoes are delicious, but raw tomatoes are disgusting. Okay. In my opinion. Okay. How much should I? 11 out of 10 for presentation. It's beautiful. And then taste, I'd give it like a five out of 10. Like it's not, it's definitely not bad, but it's not like great. Like I'd rather eat like a banana. Well, that's not true. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry to hate on bananas, but, like, you know. 
Wait, so if 10's a banana, but you're ranking it below a banana, but you still would <laughs> rather. No, in my, in my rating, 10 wasn't a banana. 10 was just like, it's incredible. And then oh. one was celery. <laughs> <laughs> That's understandable. Yeah. Okay, let's head back to the episode. Okay, so you talked about how like proud you are of all your members and how like hard work how hardworking they all are. What has it been like um, for you as a leader? Like what have you learned about being a leader in your group? I've learned that it's really important to um, to be good about deadlines, both just, you know, me meeting all of my deadlines well so that so that I can set an example because I'm I'm the one that has to let people know if you know they're about to miss a deadline or have missed a deadline. And um, it's also just, you know, making sure that other people meet deadlines. I mean, it's sort of hard. It can feel a little strange, like having, you know, strong dynamics within our organization, just because, I mean, at the end of the day, we're all high schoolers and, you know, operating with like specific roles and like a leadership structure makes things much more efficient, but it's not what we're used to in our day-to-day life, you know, it can feel strange having someone in a breakout group for school and then later that day I have to um, have to be kind of like stern with them because they forgot to do something. I, I totally get that. I'm part of a club and especially as like a underclassman, if it's like an older classman, that's like not, it's not scary, but it's like weird. So totally, I hear you what you're saying. Yeah, we have, we have a little clique of sophomores ourselves so that's another thing that we have to navigate you know just just because I mean it's 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 like a 11 no 10 seniors and four sophomores so just trying to make sure that like the the difference in grade doesn't like you know that the normal high school power structure doesn't turn into the organizational power structure another thing is respect because sometimes I can I've had times in the past where I've gotten a little obsessive and we've had, you know, incidents like that where one of us will get really caught up in the mission and forget that we all have our own personal lives too. And this isn't the only thing in our lives. We have high school, we have family obligations. So we need to just respecting boundaries in people's personal lives. And then um, another thing is that this is, like not exclusively for leadership, but like starting things is always the hardest part. We, we've run it, we run into so many roadblocks when we're trying to start something and it can be really, sometimes it'll feel like it makes sense to just like extrapolate that to think like, oh, it's gonna be this hard the whole time. But once you have a structure in place and once things are going, it's just so much, so much easier and you can build off that, to do more things. Like it took us, over a month to set up our donation button. And I mean, there were time, there was a period where we went like a week and a half without without talking about this. And like, I was feeling pretty discouraged too, because it was early in quarantine and we were all still adapting to it. And it was pretty depressing to always be at home. But we, you know, we kept going. Um, and yeah, just, keeping in mind that like it's it's easiest to get discouraged when you're starting and it's also going to be really hard to but like if you just push through um 
and keep everyone together, then, you know, it'll be okay. And then um, the last thing has been not to do too much when things are good and too little when things aren't going super well. There have been a lot of times where we've overextended ourselves a little bit. Like, I mean, like I said, the way that we started, things were kind of boom and bust, right? We would have these cycles of making the kits and then and then it would it would take so long sometimes to raise enough money to hit our goal. Um, and it could be really demoralizing at times just because we still hadn't really done a lot and we had been around for a while. And then, but then like, you know, there've been times when we've, got like a boom in donations or like potential media attention and then we spent a lot of our money really quickly thinking that it was just going to keep coming or like you know overextended ourselves and like like one example would be um like you know we we got like this one stage of like nonprofit registration done and then I was already like looking into like oh how can we rush this 501c3 thing and and then it's really good that we didn't because it would have been a massive responsibility if we had just dove straight into being a 501c3. Um, and we're in a much more favorable position now because we waited. We're in a fiscal sponsorship with Seattle Parks, which means that they handle basically all of the paperwork um, and all of the donation collection. And we still get to operate with 501c3 status so we can apply for grants and you just end up being seen as much more official by other organizations and we don't have to file our taxes. We don't have to file our own taxes quarterly. You know, that would have been a nightmare. And we, I mean, we, you know, if we had kept going with that, that might've been our reality. Right. Um, yeah, that's awesome. And like, you know, I think that, I mean, I, you said something that I really related to where it's like starting is the hardest part of like anything. I mean, Jess and I always have these ideas and we're like, oh my God, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. Like at one point we wanted to buy a sailboat together and like paint. I'm so down to do that. I mean, we do. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> um, so then like, you know, I just, you don't, and then I approached her and I was like, we should start a podcast. And we, I don't think we really either of us understood like how much work actually went into that because you know all you need is like zoom and just edit and you know post it but it's hard and we went through all this stuff and so I guess like my question is like what advice would you give to someone like yourself or like us who is like trying to like stay motivated <clears throat> to start like a club or like an organization like what advice would you give them to just start oh Jess that's something to say and I'm just gonna like, uh, it's not fair for us to compare our podcast to yeah. your group. So we're not doing that. You are way more impressive. So we're not, but yes, um, that's my interjection. <laughs> so basically it's, my advice would be, well, I mean, I have a couple things. Like it's sort of, um, sort of like a dress for the job you want, not the job you have kind of thing when you're first starting. So like, you know, when we, when we first started, we, we immediately, you know, put a website up and like John and I were co-presidents and Madison was like, I don't, I don't even remember. We had this really official power structure going when it was really just like, we had literally just come up with the name the day before, <laughs> you know? Um, and there's a couple reasons why you want to just start out 
um, acting really official. I mean, especially for us, we're interacting with these much larger homeless organizations every day. And especially since we're high schoolers, you really need to make sure you're operating in a way where you'll be taken seriously. And, you know, starting an email with, hi, my name is Aiden. I'm the co-founder and co-president of a student-led organization called Project Prevent is going to be more, much more likely to, to get a follow-up than like, hi, my name's Aiden. You guys are so cool. I want to, I want, I want to help you guys out, you know? And then, and it's sort of, it's, it can sort of direct the way that you develop as you go on, you know? I mean, we are still, we're, we're a pretty official organization now. And, and then another thing is don't fall in love with, it's okay to like get enthusiastic about the idea, but don't fall in love with it before you've even done anything. Like when we started, I had, you know, I had these two visions in mind. One was that we might get enough to do one round of kits and then things might possibly sputter out. And then the other was that we were going to be on, you know, we were going to be on national news after like about a month and like there were going to be like, you know, hashtag I stand with Project Prevent, hashtag, you know, and then <laughs> like we were going to, we were just going to blow up and like go national. And um, it's sort of, you don't want it to, you don't want to think that because the second thing didn't happen that it has to be the first thing. I mean, it really could have been the first thing because it took us a while to get our second round going. But um, we've slowly built up and now we're respectable. We've been in local news. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't see us, I don't see us being on CNN anytime soon, but it's still, it's still really fulfilling and we've made a big difference. So like try and, yeah, try and fall in love with the work, not the ideas. Yeah, I think that's very wise. And I know like Clement, we could be dreamers. <laughs> like we've thought about writing, like, I don't know. I totally get like what you're saying about like going on national television, even if you're not completely blowing up, you're still like, it doesn't mean you're failing. And I, I wonder if that's like a, I feel like that might be a Gen Z thing or yeah, Gen Z. Um, because it's like, we're used to like quick things, you know, it's like, oh, you post something and it like is there quick. So I think like, taking your time, that's a very valuable lesson, especially for people that are listening that want to do something. Um, so I think, how about you tell us what is coming up? What is the Project Prevent going to be working on in the future? What are you getting excited for? Well, currently we have, uh, we have a goal where we're going to try and give out 3,000 kits by, um, 3,000 kits on top of what we've already done by March 13th. So that's five weeks from this coming Sunday. And, you know, we recently had took on a lot of new ambassadors, which is just, like I said earlier, the program for people who want to join, aside from, you know, as founders, you know, I've worked it out and it's definitely feasible, but it's going to take a lot of discipline and, you know, it's really going to test what we've been building for the past 10, maybe, I think it's 11 months at this point. And um, like I said, we have that fiscal sponsorship with Seattle Parks. So we're going to be seeking um, more institutional grants because, 
we're still going to be doing grassroots fundraising, but institutional money can be much more consistent. It's not, it's not dependent on whether or not everyone's really worried about the pandemic at the given moment. It's just whether or not you can prove that your organization is of merit. Awesome. That sounds great. How can like people get involved? So, I mean, for anyone looking to make a tax deductible donation or just to contribute, go to projectpreventseattle.org and click on um, the donate tab on the top. Or if you're on mobile, it'll be on the sidebar and you can just make a contribution and it'll help a lot. The average cost for our kits is about $5. So you can just sort of keep that in mind as you visualize like the impact your money will make. You can also, um, if you have any, if you're in the Seattle area and you have surplus um, cloth masks, paper masks, hand sanitizers, sanitary gloves, socks or menstrual products or um, gallon Ziplocs or other resealable gallon bags. Or, you know, if you just want to go out and buy some, just email us at projectprevenceattle at gmail.com or you can DM our Instagram account, Project Prevent Seattle, and we'll arrange a pickup or you can drive it to us, whichever works best. And then if you want to volunteer with us, we're often looking for um, other high schoolers who are interested in joining our ambassadors program. So if you're a high schooler, you're listening to this, or if you're a parent, um, and it can be for whatever reason, you know, you need community service hours, you just, you want to make a difference. Maybe you feel the same sense of motivation that John and I and our friends did when we started this. Like I said, email us at projectpreventseattle at gmail.com. DM us, Project Prevent Seattle on Instagram. Um, and it's super easy to get started. Lastly, if you are involved with an organization and you believe your organization could use our kits, or you think that there's a way that our organizations could work together. Like I've said before, we're pretty open-ended. Or if you're a member of the media, same email address as before. <laughs> yeah, just reach out to us, projectpreventseattle at gmail.com, projectpreventseattle on Instagram. Yeah. Awesome. And just to be clear for like wanting to get involved in the ambassadors program, does it matter what school people go to? No, it does not. Awesome. Okay, well, it has been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. We really appreciate your time. And also, your work is very admirable. And um, so cool that what your club is doing. So thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We encourage you to get involved with Project Prevent. If you'd like to, you can use any of the contact information Aiden gave. And also, of course, we're always looking for new people, new youth in Seattle to come on the podcast. So if you are interested in coming on the podcast or you know of someone that you think would be good for coming on the podcast, please, please reach out to us. We would really like to hear from you. You can DM us on Instagram at fruit for thought pod and it is fruit for as in the number four pod on Instagram or you can email us fruit for thought pod at gmail.com same spelling we use the number four instead of the word okay well that's all we will see you next Saturday. Saturday.